Shit, I got knocked off. Damn, I got knocked off. Uh, that's too bad. They might get, um... Shit, I might not be able to post that one later because I don't know if it's going to get saved. It just kicked me off. I don't know what happened. Damn it. I got to remember that. Somebody remember that. Somebody who watched that, the first one, please remember that. Because now I'm going to forget. Shit. God damn it. I was going to watch that again. I thought I had something. Fuck. got to get on Twitch. I gotta we gotta figure out how to get it on Twitch. That makes so much more sense than this bullshit. Fuck. I think I lost that whole recording. Shit. Fuck. Damn it. it just kicked me off. Thirty-seven minutes in, like less than that. Ah, oh, god damn it. Oh, that's a bummer. I'm very bummed now. I'm just sad. Hopefully I'll remember that again to talk about in the future. But I thought I had something there talking about uh, the, the futures before us. The eliminationism or, or... I guess I was trying to think about the singularity. Yeah, that's right. The singularity. Uh, and how that happens. How, like, you turn humans into just, like, feedback... Like, like little uh, plug-and-play devices. Like, pure appetite and, and, and satiation. Like, pure AB. Like, strip them of all... Uh, of all identifying traits, like the kind of things that you get from having a life that is yours, a life that is the dream of communism, uh, instead, uh, like pure mechanistic life uh, that replicates the market structure and the market transaction networks, uh, and that turns you just into a, uh, a feeding machine, a feeding and producing machine. Uh, and then, like, if you're needed to feed, you feed. If you're needed to work, you work. And it's at the behest of this uh, algorithm. This totally uh, alienated algorithm. I mean, it might have people who serve it and are better off than you. Like, there's still a hierarchy, and that's what keeps people in line. But they're still, like, serving this thing that's alienated from humanity. That's, uh, that's what the, uh, the singularity is. And the singularity is when they're brought together, and, they're, and humans become part of the machine. Like, they become part of the, the binary code. Like, human interactions are just part of the code. It's part of the fucking computer doing it, its computations. It literally becomes the hardware. It literally becomes the hardware. It's like the Matrix. That's it. And that's where we're going to go uh, if we let them do this to us. Or, I mean, I guess it's more likely. It's just one more step down the road. Because you get this, and then you've got climate apocalypse coming up. They're going to... Uh, it's going to be a thing about winnowing down populations and keeping the people populations we do have require uh, fully... Uh, 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 God, what's what's the Foucault term? Uh, disciplined, fully uh, surveil. I don't know, like fully dominated, like just fully uh, at every level surveilled, and it's and and your actions uh, curtailed. So that's what they're trying to get us to have. That's what they're hoping to get us with. They're hoping to get us into become the fucking network. They can become the fucking wetware of the algorithm that is capitalism. Yeah, baby. Yes. Yes.
biopower. Isn't that what Foucault talks about? Maybe he wasn't totally full of shit, just mostly. Oh, what epoch? What epoch? Uh... What epoch um, does this era remind me most of? This is a good question. Oh. Well, one thing I would have to have is a crisis of uh, leadership. Uh, I mean, and I know that sounds idealistic and non-Marxist, but I gotta tell you, man, there's something that is very end-stage, just like as an identifying marker, not necessarily a cause. Uh, there's nothing that indicates an end-stage uh, uh, power structure than its co- control by actual incompetence. Uh, you know, like That—that that is where the flaws in the in the it, like ri- the flaws that are sort of written into the code of something like fu- monarchism or democracy, democracy or capitalism, capitalist democracy or whatever, uh, or or Soviet communism, for example, or Chinese communism or whatever. Like uh, the end stages uh, of them all. Uh, have at, uh, in common that the leadership is genuinely decrepit. It has been rendered so by either literal inbreeding, like the old monarchs of Europe, or, in our case, the, a false meritocracy replicating itself, where you have, these, uh, you have this meritocratic class who engineer things so that just by coincidence, their next generation of meritocrats are what's this? They're kids. What's a co- what a coincidence? So they replicate essentially a a, arist- a literal blood aristocracy, but through this market me- uh, mechanism and this like uh, this uh, this justification this like justification that replaces like the divine right of the old aristocracy because nobody believes in God anymore. So you can't say it's mine by right of God. They say it's mine by right of justice because we've inculcated like Rawlsian justice as a social norm, uh, even though what they mean by justice, because they have these things that are technically available to all, and some people do rise up, but they replicate their own privilege, and their kids are, like the children of the most elite powerful everywhere, almost universally shitty, scummy pieces of fucking scum shit who don't understand anything about the world, who are psychotically self-obsessed, who are basically sociopaths, uh, rendered so by their class position and like their their absolute distance from anything resembling like real human life and suffering, and then they uh, they take over and it's like it's and that is a byproduct of of capitalism specifically capitalism's democratic loss. How does how does capitalism deal with the fact that in order to maintain its legitimacy culturally, uh, it has to have a democratic phrase, uh, but also, if democracy was real, people could literally just vote themselves to communism, which was the theory of revisionist Marxism, uh, and the uh, like Bernstein and Kautsky. Uh, and it looked like it was working. Uh, and then a bunch of things were invented by the very, very capable and improvisory capitalism. One being fascism, of course, a way to re- replicate mass politics on the right, uh, and also... Uh, circumscribing politics and one way to circumscribe politics uh, is to make it elite and you make it elite by putting barriers up that are related to social standing that is hypothetically neutral but in reality replicates a class privilege it's just it's it's a secular sanitation of aristocracy 
That's what the meritocracy is. And so these people are just as much uh, a clueless dullards as the, the court of Louis Couture uh, or, or, uh, or the Mad King George or any of them. Ah, yes. Yes, indeed, sir. So, anyway, uh, that makes me think. What's one of them? Uh, it's got to be about a declining empire. That's the first and most important, uh, like, fundamental feature. It has to be an actual empire, not, not a regular state. It has to be an empire, either formal or informal, that is collapsing. Uh, that doesn't mean that the state will necessarily collapse. Uh, after all, uh, the British Empire, a hundred years ago, was the most powerful force on Earth. It controlled something like a third of the world's population, or... or, or uh, and a huge chunk of its territory. That's where the sun literally never set on it because there was part of it everywhere in the world. Uh, their empire is gone, but their state still exists. They, they've latched onto us as little barnacles. Will we latch on to somebody else? Could we latch on to China and get a deal that, like, yeah, we lower the standard of living, but not all at once, and uh, and in contention with you know getting uh, the ability to come to you, come over there. I don't know. Or like piggyback on your shit. I don't know, so that you could do more formal. In, you can do more. Uh, you can lay off some of the like we would lay off some of that mi new, um, uh, military might, like all that defense spending. We'd lay some off on China uh, in exchange for getting able to do more uh, domestic spending, which is what like the, the declining European powers did with us after World War Two. So anyway, um, so that's another thing. So it's, it's, it doesn't necessarily mean that the state will collapse, but the, the empire is, is at a, a terminal point. Uh, the, the, the economic collapse, that's usually a part of the decline of empires. Uh, the fucking plague is what's tripping me up. Because, like, we literally have a plague. That is a hell of a wild card. Obviously, the, the capitalism was very shaky right there going up, and they, like this corona thing kind of gave them an alibi for a collapse that was going to come, but I don't think even, even the most line-go-down uh, hardcore uh, believer would disagree that this is going to be worse than it would have been. Uh, maybe you don't agree with that, but I really do think that this is going to make it much worse than it would have been if it had been a sort of natural outgrowth of a, a cyclical downturn. And now they got to plead off, plead it off on fucking the, the Rona. Um, what's another one? Maybe we're Britain. Maybe we're Britain in the interwar period. And this is World War Two. And we maybe we are Britain in the interwar period. Like I was talking about. Then the, and the war uh, and the war like nine eleven and the war on terror is like the interwar period and the end World War Two. Uh, and then this is the collapse. This is like the the climax. This is the the blow up. Uh, and then they never came back from it. But they also didn't go into you know turmoil. They didn't become. They didn't get shattered. I honestly wonder if the thing that'll save us is our complacency and laziness as a people. Like, will we just, will we at the end of the day find it too much work to come to blows in the Civil War? Is that what will happen? Like, at the end of the day, it'll just be like, oh man, really? 
getting the getting the militia together, like going to the state line and, and like doing expeditions to the nearby towns. Really, that sounds like a lot of work. I mean, you want if you do it, that'd be cool. I support you. I'll put the fucking thing on my bumper of my car. But man, that sounds like a fucking pain in my ass. Remember when a hundred thousand truckers were gonna block every uh, part, every. Uh, Road going in and out of D.C. until uh, O'Bumbler Crumbo was uh, deposed and executed on the White House lawn. How many people showed up? I think it was B.J. and the Bear. Get that reference, guys? B.J. and the Bear. B.J. and the Bear, folks. Uh, the other thing I was saying on the other stream that I hope I don't forget was about uh, the possibility we have to do real... Um, automation of uh, plan, like planning, economic planning. The idea that we could plan economic transactions uh, with with computing power uh, to replace the, the price mechanism of capitalism. I really think we have the ability. I think that the, 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 uh, the, the strides forward we've seen from what the Soviets did in the 50s, uh, Red Plenty by uh, by Francis Pufford is a great book about that. I recommend anyone. Very fun too, and very well written. In addition to being very interesting and enter, inter, and uh, enter and uh, educational. Uh, and to Chile and Allende and how he tried to go against America's economic war that preceded the coup by creating a system for uh, uh, planning the economy, which was destroyed by the fucking asshole army when they did the coup. So that was in the 70s, man. And now we've got computers that has been pointed out a million times. Uh, we have the computing power in our pockets to go to the moon. I guarantee you that we have more... Uh, your fucking pager probably has more computing power than all those banks of terminals that got machine gunned by Pinochet's goons in 1973. What could we do with that? And what are we already doing in terms of planning economies? Amazon, which is this a state within a state within a state which has all the utterances of a state in terms of uh, inputs and outputs and, and uh, capital, uh, physical plants. Uh, its internal decisions are not made by the, the market and price points. It's made by central planning, and it works. So if we were to just strip the bark of capitalism off the fucking thing, it could be an actual mechanism for fulfilling fucking human needs in a time of crisis. Can you imagine this thing? No, you can't imagine it, because if we did it, then at the end of this, they would never, we would never let them take it away. That would be a red line for every human on Earth. That would be a thing that would never be allowed to happen. So, yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. Ah, uh, man. Hi, guys. How's everyone doing? Is anyone drinking cheap Lambrusco and looking at the Giancarlo Hills overlooking Rome? Is anyone loving that memory? Oh yeah, that'll be funny if this is on TV. Example of me going mad. Uh, what was that question? Uh, ugh. What is the end game? That's an interesting question. The end. I mean, it's 
I hate to be cliche, but it is socialism or barbarism, isn't it? It is, it is a, it is a commonwealth of mankind. It is that uh, is that provides a stable basis for human flourishing. That will not eventually destroy itself, as all other systems will inevitably do. Uh, or we will do what classes have done since time immemorial. Uh, uh, Marx says it in the manifesto. Uh, uh, the hitherto history of of man is the history of class conflict. Uh, and that conflict is between either slaves and masters, or peasants and feudal, uh, feudal lords, or uh, whatever. And that when the, re the, that the conflict is won by one, uh, which advances humanity, or both are destroyed. Common ruin of the contending classes. And that will be the outcome. That will, the, the crisis of profit, the inability to provide for human needs, will create a savage return to uh, barbarism. Uh, uh, maybe a techno-barbarism, but one that uh, is never allows human life to flourish again uh, be, unless it fuses with the... Uh, it fuses with uh, technology, unless the singularity happens. That's the alternative. That's the real, like, if you really want to really put on your Nick Land, like, pineal gland hat, the, the choice really is, yes, a steady-state human flourishing of capitalism, something that ends up, like, with the with the Kim Stanley Robinson uh, series, like that kind of world, or, uh, or, the, or the Matrix, basically, or we become one with the algorithm of capitalism. We become the biological uh, mechanisms of it. That's, that's our options. So we will be man or machine. Are we men or are we Devo? People are asking, like, what's going to happen in terms of will there be food shortages, will there be riots, will there be fights? Those things require a, a knowledge of, like, the macro situation that I cannot, uh, I cannot claim. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's beyond my, my skill set or pay grade to be able to divine at the micro level the transactions that are occurring at, like, the... the the biological and the ecological and the economic and the social to tell you uh, 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 so yeah I don't know man I don't know all I know is what 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 uh, what the long term the long durée will mean and I know where the, the crisis points will come but I don't know which way the wind is headed yet like, there's a sick part of me that thinks the most likely outcome is that everything's kind of the same, but shittier. Like, after this huge, this, this massive shift that, like, everything feels like the rails are calling off, everything is unprecedented, we're in a nightmare tunnel, uh, we're in a literal nightmare tunnel, uh, and we come out of the other end of it, and it's like, oh yeah, it's basically the same, but kind of shittier. You know, more people don't have jobs, uh, uh, you know, uh, standards of living are going down a little bit more, people have even more debt, but things are basically the same. 
only worse, which is what Felix has been talking about for the entire show's history. And I feel like he was right about Biden. We were all zipping and zapping and going up and down on the roller coaster with Bernie. And Felix was, we kind of almost tried to talk him out of it, but uh, he was right the whole time. And he's also been saying the same thing about this. I mean, maybe he would say differently now that we're in the middle of this, but I gotta say, if something feels right, something feels darkly, awfully right about it'll be the same except slightly shittier. Because that big collapse, the destruction, it's like even if you die in it, it will still feel like judgment. It will still feel like climax. It will still feel like something meant something. Like you you witnessed something. You were part of something. You were part of the end of something. And you'll know that even as you die. The worst is, no, I don't know. I'm not part of the end of anything. I'm the part of the middle of some gold bullshit that will go continuing on beyond my death into just this awful gray steady state of steady decline into inhumanity. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. So honestly, yeah, like the, 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 the more dramatic, more doomer scenarios are the ones that are actually... Uh, more, in a narrative sense, happy endings. More satisfying. You know what I mean? Because if you're going to go down either way, whether in 30 years or... <coughs> maybe you're going to be the one drowning in your own fucking fluids because you had to work at Kroger Shift so they wouldn't repossess your Kia. You're still going to be out. Would you rather be out in a blaze of, of idiot glory? Like, to live in a Bosch painting? To live in a... To see judgment? To hear a voice from the fucking depths of... 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 of the depths of... Uh... Oh, fuck. The depths of uncaring space. A single voice. A single voice of judgment. To render meaning and shape to what has until now been a pointless, futile painful, confusing existence instead of just knowing that one of these days it's going to be like this and one of these days you're just not going to wake up. Which would you rather have? And I gotta say, I kinda know, and that's what makes me think the reality is going to be we get off the ride and it's, oh, everything's just kind of shittier. I have less money. Uh, I live in a worse place. Uh, I have worse health. Uh, more of my friends are dying of coronavirus. Uh, until you're one of them. Until you get claimed too. But slowly, through entropy, uh, through just the exsanguination of the spirit into complete enemy and ennui. Or, you go down with the fucking ship. You go down with the fucking ship. You get to go down into the depths of the ocean, lashed to the back of the great white whale himself. To the last I grapple with thee, from hell's heart I stab thee. For hate's sake I spit my last breath at thee. You get to have that. You get that moment. You know, you all know that that was the happiest moment in Ahab's life, right? That's, I think that, I'm assuming, am I wrong? If anyone else is a, is a uh, it's been a while since I've read Melby Dick. If there's any other, uh, like, English majors here 
who uh, could contradict me, that's the happiest moment in Ahab's life, right? Is the moment before he is sucked into the bottom of the ocean. Because he's there, because he's on the whale. As opposed to just dying of scurvy while fucking dicking around in the middle of the Spanish main? Oh boy. No thank you. No thank you, mister. Yeah, I think someone said that one of the reasons that everyone likes Doctor Strangelove so much is that how could you not love a movie with such a happy ending? Because that's the genius of Strangelove is to render uh, Apocalypse erotically. Like, the, the nukes at the end are orgasms. The beginning of the movie is the, is the, inter, is the beginning of the intercourse. The, the first shots of the movie are, are footage of, in, of, of uh, mid-air refueling of like the uh, of the uh, of the uh, missile command like uh, B-52s that like flew up perimeters of Russia with all their nukes. So it starts with the sec, like literally the impregnation, then it ends with. Get away me again, don't know God. Get away me again. Some sunny day. Uh, everyone going at, at once. I've talked about this before on the show, and I'll, I'll play the song again. Uh, 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 um, I'll play the Tom Lehrer song, which is a similar thing. You want, and it's the beauty of that of the nuke one is it was it it, it promised basically painless death, like. Oh, we'll, we'll die, but it'll be, you know, you're going to be a fucking shadow on a wall, probably. Or you'll be dead within a few months. It's not going to be that bad. But you'll know everyone else is going, too. So, you know, you're the, you've, you've rendered, you, your life has been rendered meaningful. Even with a slower decline, like, if, if we come out of this in a real crisis, like the U.S. breaks up, I'm sorry. To know that you were, that you were there for the reign of the last president, that you know that whatever comes next is not going to be what was... You're the last American. You're. The, it's like being somebody. It's like. It's like. Think about. Think about people. Like think about somebody who was there for the sack of Rome. You know. Or like when the fucking Crusaders took Jerusalem. I mean, these are epochal moments. So yes. That's why I think. Like for your short term, if you have, especially if you have young pe people in your life, if you have kids or you have vulnerable people in your life. Good. In the short term, good. Uh, but also, I think that's why it's most likely, because it's the most it, it, most depressing, the most spiritually deadening possibility. So that's why I think it's the most likely to be true. So good news. Good news on that. But yeah, it's like, I could say that now. It would be as horrible as anything I could imagine. Um... But you're going to die anyway, you know? Okay, the fall of Constantinople then. How about that? Oh, yeah, one of those people who smashed the Berlin Wall with the fucking uh, sledgehammer. I mean, there's a reason people still have those rocks hanging around. But, of course, that was one that didn't kill everybody. Uh, thank you for saying you die for me. 
Uh, I'm gonna need a few of you two because otherwise I'm absolutely gonna get owned. I'm 100% getting owned uh, in the after after spear. I mean, am I pro or anti-technology? Well, I think I can tell you that if I know that we're either at the Matrix or uh, if we're uh, communism. If we're communism, cool. We, technology got us there. If it's the Matrix, then I gotta have to say Monday morning quarterback, thumbs down. So I guess I'd have to say since right now, I would argue in my gut, I feel like Matrix is more likely, then no thank you. Oh, right, isn't it Anzac Day? This is the guy, you guys, how come, is it, is it just like Australia's personality, uh, like, uh, inferiority complex, vis a Britain? Is that why they, uh, celebrate getting their asses kicked? Because, uh, I was talking to my friend Mitt Bridey about this, uh, and Mitt Bridey, uh, points out that it's not like you can't really point to any other Australian successes that could, triumphs that you could remember. I mean, yeah, they didn't have a great... Uh, record in World War Two, mostly getting captured by the Japanese, and, uh, and going into Vietnam with us, and going into Afghanistan with us, those were big uh, bungles. Uh, I mean, what would you, you know, they're all bad. Uh, but like at the end of World of the World War One, it was Australians that helped punch through the final uh, German lines and end the war. You know, instead they want to commemorate getting like zipped up by a bunch of fucking uh, Ottoman te teenagers. Uh, who just got a freshly uh, greased Maxim gun uh, beca because they get to, like, make the British feel guilty, I guess? Like, hey, yeah, remember that insect, right? Yeah, that's when bloody Churchill just set us into the fucking... That's when Churchill set us into the blimey bunga shoot. It's the bloody bunga shoot, mate. It's a, it's a bloody... He sent us into the bleeding bunga shoot, mate. Right, yeah, so Churchill... He put us in the bloody bumba sheet. He put us in the bloody boom 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 Yeah, they also lost the war to emus, so way to go, Australia. That's a good question, actually. If we are going to be serfs in a neo-feudal neo order, who should we feel, swear our fealty to? Which of the great lords, which of the great houses would you want to uh, work with? I mean, like, if you think about Game of Thrones, you know, there definitely were, it was all feudalism, you were being exploited, but there are definitely places you'd rather have been. Like, you definitely, if you were, you know, even a, a mere stable boy or, or, a, uh, or a groom or a, uh, or a milkmaid, you'd much rather... Uh, swear fealty to House Stark uh, than House Bolton that's not a contest uh, I mean you sure as hell would rather have been a, uh, a, a uh, surf to like a, uh, I don't know like uh, Elizabeth than uh, or no uh, fuck 
one of the one of the relatively competent English kings. I don't know. Then like Elizabeth Bathory. I was just going to say. Uh, so yeah, who do you want? Bezos seems like an absolute monster. Everything I've heard about him, about his the way he tr- runs his company, uh, his company's practices, he seems to be a self-consciously evil person. He is a guy who I think even in his own mind is the bad guy, and he relishes that fact. He's sick, he's twisted, he's jokerified. So uh, I would definitely not want to pledge fealty to uh, House, uh, House Bezos. Who else do we have? Z- House Zuckerberg? I would say on surface, House Zuckerberg seems like it would be better... But how Zuckerberg feels kind of like a Bloomberg situation, where it's like, hey, this is all fine and dandy, but, you know, don't open this door, uh, because that's where, you know, you have 500,000, like, permanently traumatized people getting paid pennies an hour in, like, the Philippines to watch snuff videos and, like, gang rapes that people, that they have to filter off of Facebook. That's like the fucking room full of wives' heads. So, uh, no thank you for Facebook. So no, thank you, Mr. Zuckerberg, House Zuckerberg. Um, House Gates, the guy is a foreskin-eating ghoul. He's he's an Epstein guy. You'd want to steer as clearly Epstein people as possible. I know that's hard. There aren't a lot of non-Epstein powers. Uh, I guess, Bob, I don't know, Disney. I'll be a soy guy. Ah, I'm an entertainer, right? Ah, ah, I could do soy face. Oh my God, the new Marvel movie's out. Ah, I've seen all those pieces of shit. I'm, I'm like, compelled to watch them. So yes, I will swear by House Disney. House Disney. Ah! I'll, I'll, I'll do a, I'll do an unboxing YouTube series where I unbox Fucko Pops about fucking uh, Doctor Strange Three, which is on like on ten minute episodes on Quibi. Ah! Oh, House Musk is like uh, is like a guy who like making his uh, it's like a Egyptian pharaoh burying his servants with him. He's taking you to Mars to like l- live in the foundation of his giant necropolis. No, thank you. I'll take Iger. Iger seems like a, a like a kind of a laid back dude. I can do a soy face. I'm gonna right. Pretend that this is a that this is a uh, pretend this is a Martian manhunter. Oh no, wait a minute. That's DC. Damn it. What's a really stupid Marvel superhero? There's a lot of them. Uh, uh. Uh. What was I thinking? All right. uh. No, Ant-Man... Moon Knight is good. Moon Knight's good. Yes. Alright, pretend that this is like a Moon Knight action figure from, uh, like, Guardians of the Galaxy 6. How's that? Is that good?
Uh, I've been to Brazil. Somebody asked if I've been to Latin America. I've been to Brazil once. That's about it. Uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, this is before Bolsonaro. This is Dil the end, near the end of Dilma's rule. Uh, every middle pr middle class person uh, we met was wildly hated uh, Dilma, and uh, they were they were really like American teacots. Like a guy told us about how yeah they had free healthcare in Brazil, but it was bad because people were like getting AIDS on purpose or something so that they could go to the doctor. Or, like, because they didn't care about getting to the doctor or something. Because they'd get it for free. Uh, but, yeah, he, uh, one of our guys we knew was a... Uh, he was he owned... He was raising money with his boyfriend to get, oh, start a CrossFit studio. So, I guarantee you they all love Bolsonaro. But it's beautiful. It's beautiful. We shouldn't... People shouldn't live there, probably. We should leave those rainforests alone. I have not been to Palestine. I forget Assange? I don't know what I'm... I don't know if I do. I don't know what that means. McConnell, is McConnell going to let the states go bankrupt? I think it depends on what it, that means. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the conditions are going to be. I mean, I think he would do whatever it took to stave off a complete collapse of the system to the point of, like, states no longer contributing to one another's, you know, infrastructure, therefore breaking ties, you know, literal centrifugal force pushing America apart. Like, I think he would want to avoid that. I don't think he wants to preside over the the uh, dissolution of the United States, but I don't know what the minimum uh, action, whatever the minimum action to prevent that will be, is what he will do. How about that? I don't know what that's going to be yet. It might be that they bail out the states. It might be that they figure out a way around doing that, uh, a way that like keeps creditors whole. All I know is it makes things the same but worse. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my, got to get with my friends that last forever. Friendship never ends. I watched Wormwood. It's very good. It's very good because it reminds you of the possibility of limited hangouts. The idea that, uh, that people can, uh, like organizations like the CIA can admit to things that look very bad for them. And that, that, but that in the long term are things that they can handle going out that don't like destroy their foundation uh, and that serve the benefit to them of making them look forthright uh, and look like you know what's going on there. And so, like, it was supposed to be a scandal for years that the CIA uh, dosed Frank Olson without his knowledge and that he dreamt out that window. So they were willing to admit that they dosed their own guy to see what would happen. Because... At the end of the day, it's like, well, that's fucked up, but it happened a number of years ago. Most of those guys are dead, you know. It's just, and it seems like kind of like a party prank gone wrong, honestly. Which disguises as the massive, massive size of MKUltra. The number of fucking uh, prisons and uh, colleges that got MKUltra funding. 
the number of places where the number of people, hundreds and hundreds of, of students and uh, prisoners, like from Whitey Bulger to Ted Kaczynski, uh, being exposed to massive amounts of uh, LSD on a daily basis without their consent or knowledge of what they were, what was happening. But, but they turn it into like basically an animal house uh, sketch, like, oh, 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 he jumped out the window because he thought he could fly. The real thing is they murdered him because he was going to spill the beans about them, the U.S. using fucking uh, biological weapons during the Korean War. But that's a spicier meatball. That's closer to the bone. And if you if you say the first thing, you don't have to say the second thing because people stop looking. I think we have to think a lot about that in terms of what we think we know, and how much stuff is limited in its uh, in its hangout. But you can't go too far that way because that's how everyone becomes wildly paranoid. I kind of gave up on uh, Better Call Saul. I found uh, the whole. Uh, uh, as soon as they made it about Gus and and hey, this is how uh, Hector got his stroke, and it's like I don't give a fuck. I know how all this ends, and none of it was this interesting. It's all like let it be in your head. You don't need to know everything. Uh, and the fact that it's been four seasons and he's still not fucking Saul, Saul Goodman, give me a fucking break. This is prestige bullshit. The, I mean, honestly, as good as Better Call Saul has been, the talent in front of behind the camera would have been better utilized if they just said, we're not doing prestige. We're going to do an old-fashioned TV show. We're going to do like the Rockford Files with a sleazy lawyer. With, the, with, with fucking Odenkirk and those guys. Imagine that show. Rockford Files with a crooked lawyer. Instead, it's like, it's Breaking Bad Jr., where you can't move it forward on any of those stories because it happens before, so you're left with this these dead-end things that aren't going to lead anywhere and get drawn out forever. And by the way... Uh... Fuck, I was going to say. Damn it. Anyway. <clears throat> Mini Breaking Bad. Uh, oh, the only parts of Breaking Bad of uh, Better Call Saul I like are the black and white parts at the very beginning when he's the Cinnabon manager in Omaha because I don't know what's going to happen. Because it still has some frisian, there's still some tension. Like when he was waiting to get them to put his social security number in the machine correctly. You know what's going to happen? Fuck it. Fuck Better Call Saul. There he goes. Because because it, it's, it, it's, its creative missteps are the result of following a template of prestige television that I've hated for years. And we literally have seen a perfectly good project destroyed by it. There, I said it. I should write. I think I'm going to type up that hot take after this and see everyone get mad at me. But I'm going to be correct. I'm going to be correct. No, this is a correct take, sir. Sir, this is a correct take. Matt rules. That is also a correct take. I'm a, I'm, I rule. Bring bad is an example of the tragic lameness of prestige television. Thank you. A good take, 100%. Thank you. Adopt the cap to fellow connoisseur of televisual storytelling. I'm in a shed. Are you in some sort of hole? It's not a hole. It's a space underneath a deck. It's it's my backyard area. It's this humble little uh, postage stamp of land that gives me a little bit of air, uh, and I like to smoke out here. And 
and it's later, so I put my light on. So I don't have any other up, up here lights, but I'm gonna get a grill. It's gonna be nice. I'm gonna get a grill. I'm gonna get nicer chairs. I have pretty bad chairs out here, uh, and then I'm gonna chill out. I'm gonna chill. I'm gonna get a chaise longue. It's gonna be nice. There I can actually practice what I've been preaching about grill pilling. I haven't been able to grill yet. After since I've said I want to grill, I haven't been able to grill. It's frustrating. But I'm gonna start grilling, guys. Hand to God, on God, I'll start grilling. I swear, by Allah, by Allah. Least evil U.S. president is obviously Lincoln. There's no contest because. If you look at evil and good as like a good place style point system, Lincoln got all the bad points off that all American presidents of the 19th century got, mostly related to Native American dispossession and genocide. He did preside over the largest mass execution in American history of, uh, of Sioux Indians in uh, Minnesota uh, after an uprising there in the middle of the Civil War. He also instituted the Homestead Act, which was just a giant... Has a settler free for all, uh, just to come to get come to get it buffet on uh, Native American land. So, but every other president in the 19th century has all those same points off. Lincoln has ending slavery. So that means even if he's still in the red, even if he doesn't go to heaven, he is still relatively way higher up in the rankings of just like pure numbers, like pure negative or positive numbers of you know, sin points, as any American president could ever come close to. Second, I would say John Quincy Adams. But he's a distant second, obviously. Oh, and U.S. Grant. Those are the top three. Yeah, that's it. Those are the three least evil. And like I said, I don't even know if they have positive or negative point numbers, but they have way fewer negative points than any of the other ones. Grant was cool. John Quincy Adams, well, he was a, uh, I mean, he was a one-termer, so he had less time to do bad stuff. He was a guy who promoted, he did want a non-confrontational uh, Indian policy. I mean, compared to a guy like Jackson or even Van Buren. Uh, he was a fucking uh, peacenik on the, the question. He presided over a slave state country, but he was against slavery, and uh, he uh, fought against it afterwards as a congressman. I mean, he famously defended the Amistad uh, 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 Africans before the, civil, before the Supreme Court, as depicted in the Steven Spielberg film Amistad. So... Yeah, no, I would say, oh, and he, uh, you know, he is one of the visionaries of uh, non-interventionist uh, American foreign policy. There's a reason that those, those like, uh, that Koch-funded uh, 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 foreign policy think tank that just opened is called the John Quincy Adams Institute. Because he's, like, the, the, the guiding light of those kind of guys. Like, the guy who warned against, even in, and it was still in its very early stages, what American imperialism and expansionism would mean in terms of moral... He was a clarion call. Like he knew what was going to happen. He knew what expanding westward was going to do. How he was going to just just destroy the spirit and like the morality of any kind of project that was being done in America. How it was going to just fundamentally rupture 
uh, uh, the social fabric and destroy the legitimacy of the state from a moral perspective. Uh, so I give him a lot of credit on that. And then Grant, you know, presided over Indian massacres and stuff, but also also did not want to do that. I mean, he did want to pursue a more, uh, more, uh, a less violent uh, Indian policy, but those around him were not interested in doing it, and he couldn't really ever assert control that, that way. Uh, but he also effectively pursued Reconstruction. Just fucking broke up the Klan from in its first iteration. Uh, and and as soon as he left, the whole thing fell fucking apart. But like he put the his he put his foot on the gas there, uh, and I give him respect for that. So those are my top three. Oh, Woodrow Wilson was a fucking maniac. Uh, our only PhD president, our only nerd president. I mean, yeah, they're all nerds, but this guy is a literal college professor. He was the president of Princeton. And he has a PhD in political fucking theory. Or political science, whatever they called it back then. He, he wrote his thesis on, like, how Congress works. Actual nerd-ass motherfucker. But yeah, no, he was racist. Uh, he, was a, he, was an, he was a wildly hypocritical anti-imperialist who uh, loved using American intervention domestically. And honestly... His decision to go to war, if you believe some of the more uh, provocative theses about World War One, that the U.S. was essentially brought into the war by uh, by J.P. Morgan uh, due to the amount of money he'd lent the Allies and his fear that it would go unrepaid if they lost. And there's there's um, it's not it's not a totally uh, boundless thesis. There's something to it, I think. So yeah, uh, and of course, you know, uh, being hella racist, pursuing uh, segregation of federal uh, office buildings, um, you know, invading Haiti, invading Mexico, I think invading Nicaragua, uh, and then of course the awful, absolutely being useless as a fucking uh, tits on a bull at Versailles, being a total uh, oaf who couldn't even get the U.S. to sign on to the League of Nations, and then had a fucking stroke and had his fucking wife and his doctor running the country for the last year while they fucking spoon-fed him uh, strained carrots. Come on. Uh, the Upton Sinclair book, you mean the book about the campaign that I've been reading? Uh, it's called The Campaign of the Century. Uh, I'll talk about it. On, I'll definitely shout it out on the show because I'm getting a lot of really good details from it. He, it's fascinating because he do, it's not a conventional history of the campaign. It's a day-by-day -day recounting of everything that happened from the day Sinclair got the nomination in uh, September of 1934 to November uh, election just every day, and then filling in everything in the back as he's talking. So, uh, yeah, I've seen the attack ads. This, the stuff that they put together against Sinclair is wild. It was like the entire media arrayed in one way, and like, even in the world, even in the midst of, of the fucking Great Depression, even with the, the New Deal, like, stalling, 
people still saw that 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 the entire array of capitalism going against this guy and instead of saying look what they're trying to do look what look what they're scared of look what we could do like why are they doing this why would they do this if they weren't scared it could work because if it doesn't work you just take over in fact and then you're you, they've been disqualified forever and then they're out of power and you never have to worry about them again a lot cheaper that way But yeah, it's going to be a good episode. I'm going to record it uh, for next week. I'll probably record it like Tuesday. Yeah, they basically invented negative campaigning against uh, Sinclair. They, they, they invented basically every concept that wasn't really done before him. But not like... I mean like independent expenditures, you know. Pat, they basically invented super PACs. Super PACs! Super PACs! Super PACs! Super PACs! Stav would be a great president. President Stavros, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen, Captain. Alright, guys. I think I'm going to head off. I'm feeling, uh, feeling my energy levels dropping. I feel like I've offloaded my orgone energy onto all of you so if you don't want to suck some of that up all over through the interwebs and uh be recharged and reborn i will see you on the flippity flop i don't know if it'll be back here in the in the in the bunker but uh it'll be somewhere <laughs>